Welcome to the Mind Body Breakthroughs Podcast, where we bring you amazing guests on the cutting edge of science, health, and business each week to share strategies you can use to get the breakthrough that you are looking for in your life. I am your host, Chris Donahue, and with me is my co-host, Dr. Nevada Gray. We're so glad that you're joining us today, and we'd like to invite you to join our free private Facebook community, Mind Body Breakthroughs. The Mind Body Breakthrough online coaching program is a comprehensive and customizable guide for total body transformation. Its 150 pages will equip you with everything you need for a ketogenic lifestyle from low carb to zero carb carnivore. The program contains a two week carb cleanse, 30 day keto sample menu, 30 day sample workout guide, and much, much more. These are recipes you will love, exercises you can do, and strategies that you will enjoy making part of your life. From the person who wants to lose a few pounds on low carb to the person using keto or carnivore to manage serious issues or optimize health and performance, this program has something for everyone. Sections include the carnivore allergy and autoimmune protocol, fasting, toxicity, and advanced strategies for sleep, stress management, cold thermogenesis, sauna, and more. Included with the program is lifetime access to the Mind Body Breakthroughs Coaching Group, where you'll have your questions answered, a support network to help you on your journey. Why pay for monthly memberships or coaching when you can have the best and most cutting-edge information and help at your fingertips anytime you want for as long as you want? Your adventure for a better, healthier life begins today. See the show notes for a discount link to the program and unlimited lifetime coaching. You can't fake a great steak. You can enjoy a steakhouse experience a few nights a year or every night with your Auto Wild Grill. Sear in amazing flavor and moisture with 1,500 degrees of grilling perfection. A perfect steakhouse crust every time on your time. Bring your own steak and let Otto take care of the rest. Make your house the great steakhouse in your neighborhood for your family and friends. The views expressed on the Mind Body Breakthroughs podcast are the opinions of the hosts and guests and are not to be taken as medical advice, as the hosts and guests do not provide medical care. Information provided is for educational purposes only. You should consult your medical provider in relation to your personal health and prior to making any changes in your diet or fitness. Amy Berger, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm good. Hey, thanks for having me. Yes, welcome. We met a while back at Keto Fest. You gave one of the best talks I have ever seen. And uh, ever since then, I've been wanting to have you on, on the podcast. So for those of our listeners that may be not familiar with you, Amy, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey? Yeah, um, I am a low-carb and keto-friendly nutritionist and um, a writer. I do a lot of freelance writing in health and nutrition, not all of it keto-related. And um, I am a career changer. Like, I, I didn't go to undergraduate college for nutrition. Um and I got into this the way a lot of other people do. I was trying to sort of help myself. I was overweight and I was overweight despite doing what I thought were all the right things. I was running, I was working out. 
um, eating, you know, dutifully eating my whole grain cereal with skim milk and my light margarine on my whole grain toast. And uh, the weight would not budge no matter what I did. And I was lucky enough to stumble upon the Atkins diet in my kind of early 20s. And um, at that time, I didn't really have any major health problems. It was just the weight. But I have a family history of type 2 diabetes, cancer, stroke, obesity. So I, I'm pretty confident that if I hadn't found low carb when I did, I would now probably be living with PCOS, type 2 diabetes, morbid obesity. Um, and low carb didn't stick the first time. You know, I was a little too young. I wasn't ready to really make it my life. But, you know, a couple of times after that, I was finally ready to really stick with it. And it worked and it was enjoyable because I get to eat all kinds of amazing, delicious foods. I don't really feel deprived in any way. And, um, you know, long story short, it I was in and out of a lot of jobs that I wasn't very fulfilled with. And it occurred to me like, hey, nutritionist is a career. Like maybe I could do that and I could help other people learn about this way of eating. So I did go back to school for actual nutrition and I have some other certifications now. And so I help other people. And my, my motto that I came up with sort of organically, I just said it on my YouTube channel one day and I'm going to stick with it is keto without the crazy. Because when I started, like I said, I started with the Atkins diet and there was a lot of very, very unfortunate bad mouthing of the Atkins approach in the low carbon keto world. Now people will say, oh, I'm not doing Atkins. I'm doing keto like as if keto is not the Atkins diet wrapped up in a shiny new bow. It is 100% the Atkins diet in a shiny new bow. And um, when I started, you know, we're talking the very late 1990s, early 2000s. And it was easier then because you just read the book, you followed the plan. Literally at that time, if I remember right, Facebook didn't exist, Reddit didn't exist, Twitter didn't exist, no Instagram. There was nothing. There was literally like one or two forums for low carb diets and that was it. And so you would think having less information would be detrimental or like, oh, I wish I knew more. No. There was less information, but there was less nonsense. There was less confusion. I absolutely do not envy you if you are new to this now, because there's so much craziness online now about how this works that I didn't have to wade through all that when I was new. It was like Atkins, read the book and go. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's one of the things that I appreciate about, about you, Amy, is you're very, uh, you know, very upfront, you speak, you speak the truth and you have a lot of insight and you've been around this movement for a long time. You speak at conferences. And so this is kind of, we wanted to pick your brain today and just kind of get a state of the union. You know, what's going on in the keto world? What are the mistakes that people are making? Where, where do we go from here? Yeah. Um, there's a lot, I don't know if mistake is the right word. It's kind of like misunderstanding. And I can't blame anybody. Like I said, if I was new to this and I was doing what other people were telling me to do or what was bandied about on the interwebs, I would do exactly what they were doing. You know, people are chasing fat like, oh, I have to eat 80% fat or I, 
if, if, if my coffee doesn't have butter and coconut oil in it, it's not a keto coffee. Like, no, 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 it doesn't work that way. What makes a diet ketogenic or not even ketogenic, right? Not everybody needs a ketogenic diet. Some people can just kind of restrict carbs to some extent and get all the metabolic benefits. And by the metabolic benefits, I mostly mean lower blood sugar and lower insulin, lower inflammation, all that good stuff. Um, what makes that happen is the absence of the carbohydrate, not the gobs and gobs and gobs of fat. And there are some people that do better with strict, like a medically therapeutic ketogenic diet, very, very high fat, super, super low carbs. Not everybody does. Some people like with the growing carnivore movement, you guys are very, you know, well familiar with this. Some people do better not worrying at all about the fat and just eating fatty meat. So they're eating maybe a lot more protein than would come with a traditional sort of medical ketogenic diet. Um, and, and fasting is kind of relatively new to the scene. I, I actually, I totally understand and respect the benefits of fasting, whether we're talking skipping a meal here and there or going a little bit longer term, but people are now using the phrase keto and IF, keto and IF, as if they're inseparable, as if you, like as if fasting is part of the ketogenic diet or part of the protocol, it's not. There is nothing at all in Atkins's work about fasting, except he had this little thing called the fat fast, where if you were really, really struggling to lose weight, despite following his plan to the letter, there was a little tweak you could make. But if you get your diet right, you shouldn't have to fast. That's the thing. It's not required. And it is certainly beneficial. Like I'm not telling people out there not to fast. But I also see a lot of people who are already very lean, very active at a low body fat percentage, doing boot camp fitness seven times a week and quote unquote struggling to make it through their fasting window. Why are you fasting? Like that's I, I, one of the issues I see is people applying a strategy that is very helpful in certain situations. They're applying it to, to a situation that is a totally different situation where that same strategy is either not useful at all or might actually be detrimental. You know, I see too many young women simply under eating and they don't know why they're tired and anxious and depressed and cold and they can't get through a workout. And, um, man, I'm, I'm ranting a little too much. I just, cause it's like this, this let's, let's be positive. This way of eating is so helpful for so many things and people get caught up in these weird little details that start kind of working against them. They become so afraid. Like I see people asking other people for permission to do things online like they'll say to their favorite keto doctor guru is it okay to eat x and y after a workout is it okay to have this much protein you're a grown adult what are you asking a stranger for permission to what you put in your mouth like it's it's kind of alarming these days Yes, and that's one of the things I absolutely love about you, Amy, is your raw honesty. I agree 100% with everything that you're saying, and I think that so many people are looking for validation, they're looking for information to just simply do what's working for them and what is right for them. And a majority of people that I see do amazing with simple, low-carb. And then you have the extremes on each end. You have 
the vegan, you have the carnivore. Yes, a zero-carb diet may be beneficial for certain people. However, a majority of people do great on a low-carb approach. And I think keeping it simple is one of the most important factors. What's your advice and what would you say to people? How, how can they just simplify this uh, to curate a simple low-carb approach that's going to work in their lifestyle? Well, so it depends on what the goal is. And that's, it's a great question. You know, what do you recommend? It depends on what somebody's trying to accomplish. Somebody might be looking to lose 100 pounds or 200 pounds. Somebody might be looking to improve cognitive function or energy levels or something totally unrelated to weight. So it really depends. Um, I guess whatever somebody's goal is, if they're not getting there, the first thing I would do is like take a good hard look at your actual diet. Are you eating what you think you're eating? You know, because there are some, like I said, not everybody needs ketosis, but if you are somebody who does feel your best, whether it's physically or mentally and emotionally in ketosis, maybe you're kind of fudging it a little bit and you're having a lot more carbs than you think you are. Um, I mean, I think that's pretty common. And, um, I, I see it, it really depends on the goal. Cause I could talk about a million different things people could try. I mean, I see a ton of either undiagnosed or improperly treated hypothyroidism, especially in females. It's just, it's just, it, it happens to males. It's just a lot more common in females. Um, and you know, people, I think people don't realize there's a lot of medication that, you know, who's attracted to this type of diet? People that are sick, people that are on a lot of medication. And sometimes they'll start this diet and not realize that some of those meds have to be adjusted within days sometimes. And a lot of people write to me, I'm tired, I'm this, I'm that. I'm like, well, you're on four blood pressure medications and now you are over medicated. So you're fatigued, you're tired, you're dizzy, you're lightheaded. You, people really have to be educated as to how to do this safely. And that's like, you know, none of us are doctors, like work with your doctor to adjust your medication. But you some you have to know about this before you start the diet, you know, especially with medicines for blood sugar and blood pressure. I feel like a lot of the, the quote unquote bad things that people experience on keto are actually side effects from medications they're on that because the diet is so therapeutic, your physiology changes very rapidly. And so the medications that you were previously taking are now too strong, or you're having side effects that you weren't having before because your own body is working so differently now. Um, so, you know, those things are relatively easily corrected, but you have to know to do it. You have to be aware that that's an issue. Right, right. You know, and I, I just love your message of just simplifying things. I know a lot of my clients were very, very intimidated when they looked at keto or looked at carnivore and saw a lot of these leaders and influencers doing things that they felt was completely unattractive or unsustainable, or oh, I have to eat all these organs, or I have to hook <laughs> myself up to these these IVs of various supplements again in People are eating like raw, raw lamb brain now, raw <laughs> beef tallow. Like, look, if that floats your boat, if you want to do that and you can get it from a source you trust, do it. But you, not everybody has to go that route, right? 
Right, and right, the, absolutely. And the and math, you know, getting back specifically to simplifying things, I love food. I love to eat. I even like grocery shopping. Most people don't like going to the grocery store. I love it. Um, so this whole like macro chasing or gram chasing or anything, I there may come a time and a place where I'll recommend for someone to weigh and measure and track. But for the most part, I just think eat the foods you know work best for you and don't worry about the numbers so much um, because it's so it's so stressful. And I think it's it's almost silly also to think that we should be eating the exact same amount of food every single day, whether we worked out or we didn't or whether we were hiking for five hours or we weren't. So for someone to have like a quote unquote meal plan or some type of thing like like a macro or grams of protein, fat and carbs that they're sticking to every single day, no matter what, is almost kind of like silly when you think about it. And I'm, I'm not saying anyone out there is like dumb for doing that. Again, if, if this is what somebody was telling me to do, I would do it. But um, I just think this, this has become, I, I don't think spreadsheets and apps belong at the dinner table. I'm just so old fashioned said well said yeah i mean we a lot of us give lip service to a paleo lifestyle and we refer to our ancestors and indigenous peoples i don't think they're using calculators to plan what they're eating and exactly. uh, you know it's like get back to nature get back to our body's natural signals hunger and satiety and eat when you're hungry drink when you're thirsty i mean it's it's working for a whole lot of people sure there's some specific situations that might require, you know, a little more uh, complexity and guidance of someone like yourself, a nutritionist. I was wondering what are, so you've worked with a lot of clients over the years. What are some of the things that, that you've learned from working with all of these people? Some of the, uh, maybe the pitfalls that you've seen them fall into, or some of the surprising successes that you've had, just give us some insights. So, um, some of the main stuff is, and I, I learned this from, from some of the doctors that I know, you know, there's a saying something like, if you listen well enough, the patient will tell you what's wrong. Like you don't have to run all these millions of tests. If you have good enough sort of communication skills, you'll, you'll know what the problem is. And I, I have to use the word client. I don't have patients, but so my clients if I just keep asking, and then what? And then what? So when they go through, I don't, I don't make people keep food journals. I just tell them, hey, you know, walk me through, like, because very, very few people write to me or or come to me for help that are brand new to this that have never tried low carb or keto. Most of the people who come to me are already eating this way and just not getting the results they want. So we do a lot of troubleshooting, and so I'll just say, you know, walk me through a few days of what you typically eat. And they'll tell me, and then I say, and what else? And then they say, oh, well, and then I have this. And, and, and then what, and what else? And always more and more comes out, you know? And so the problems typically reveal themselves. And I do see a lot of the whole like adding tons and tons of extra fat. I see um, skimping, like people, People are not aware of the sodium issue of how important extra salt and sodium are on this way of eating. Not for everybody. Not everybody needs it. But some people really require 
almost a scary amount of salt, right, to feel their best. And especially if they're really athletic, if they sweat a lot. Um, other things I see, I mean, like I said, I've, I've learned a lot about the medications. So I sort of know what to expect with certain drugs. Um, there's, there've been some surprises. I had one guy that was doing everything right. Everything looked fine. And he had high blood pressure, no matter what. And it wasn't crazy high, but it was higher than it should be. Turns out he's like sensitive to pork, pork. He eliminated pork from his diet and the blood pressure normalized. So there's all these weird things that you just don't know. And, you know, it, it really runs the gamut because I've had clients that I've recommended the carnivore diet to people with really intractable, unexplained things. I'm like, carnivore is the best elimination diet and see if it works and you can add vegetables back in over time if you want. But then on the flip side, I've had clients that I encourage to eat more carbs because I could tell based on what was going on with them, they needed more carbs just because exogenous carbohydrate is not technically essential in the human diet doesn't mean it's not beneficial for certain people in certain circumstances, right? Um, you know, saturated fat technically is not an essential nutrient, but we all feel pretty good eating it, don't we? So um, it just, it, it all, I mean, the reason, I think the reason I've become so emphatic about telling people to keep it simple and to like, don't worry about all the crazy details until you've mastered the basics is because I've what I because of what I've seen through these years, I can feel people's anxiety radiating out of their emails coming at me. It's like a physical palpable thing. You know, the fear, the worry, the tension about um, whether it's, you know, well, I like this salad dressing, but it has canola oil in it. And then I, I don't, this steak wasn't grass fed. And I, you know, this, I ate this, I ate one piece of shrimp and it kicked me out of ketosis. Like it is, I, I just feel for these people. And it's so, I, I don't even have the words for it. And that's weird for me as a writer because I, my craft is words, but it's, um, that's what I've seen. And it's so unbelievable to me that we've gotten to this point. Yes, I think it's um, an issue of wanting to belong somewhere. It's like people are just looking to fit in and to belong and, you know, to be in control of something. And part of how people have a sense of control is just through eating. So being a part of the keto club or the low carb club or the carnivore club, they feel that they have to do everything right and be validated. And for some people, social media is their only sense of validation and connection to the world because let's face it, so many people are struggling. And a lot of people that follow uh, the keto community are desperately trying to fight food addiction in the privacy of their own homes. That's why they purchase these coaching programs. So they can do everything in private because they're binging in private. Uh, they're struggling in private and putting on this face of, oh, I'm doing this right. I'm trying to you know, take control of this. But in private, everybody's struggling. Let's just be real about it. And you gave I, one of the best talks I have ever heard at Keto Fest um, about this. And I was just wondering if you could speak to the situation that we're seeing in the community. 
Yeah, that, that's a really important topic. Thank you for asking. I will get to that in a second. But before I forget, I want to comment on kind of something you were saying about people want a sense of control. And one way they can do that is through their diet. I did a video a few weeks or months ago about using diet to fix non-diet problems and how that doesn't work. You know, people are trying to like, well, if I only keto harder than everything, you know, if if you hate your job, keto's not going to get you a new job. If you are trapped in, a, in an unhappy marriage, you know, may, like, here's the thing. Maybe feeling better physically, emotionally, and mentally with keto is going to give you the wherewithal you need to make the changes you need to make in other aspects of your life. Like, I think that's a huge selling point for keto, but you still actually then have to take those actions. Like getting your macros nailed and getting everything on point is, is not actually going to change some other thing in your life that really needs a change. I wish it were that easy, believe me. Um, but so getting, getting to what you, the other question, the, the talk that I gave was basically lifting the, the rug up over all the stuff that we all sweep under the rug and don't want anybody to see. And there are some people who go on a low carb or keto or paleo or carnivore, whatever diet, and it's great. Everything's magical and they never look back. And then there are some people who have a really hard time, even the professionals, the people you see on Instagram, on Twitter, the people who you think have everything perfectly nailed. You can see their abs. They're smiling. You've never seen somebody so happy to eat a damn piece of steak in their life. Because, And, and what we don't see is what's going on when the camera is off. We don't see that that person either does binge every night, whether on carbs or on low carb food, people still have, you can, binging on keto brownies is still binging. Please do not tell me that nobody binges on steak. Don't tell me nobody binges on asparagus. Do not insult my intelligence. And I'll tell you that people do it because I do it. And that's a whole other, I'm going to start doing more videos on that myself. But can you binge on these foods that supposedly nobody binges on? Yeah. Um, and even if, if they don't have a food addiction problem or compulsive overeating, there are people, and we're not going to name names here, you can kind of figure out who they are, who live, they, they do have their diet perfect, but that comes at the expense of their mental and emotional health because they live in this box of anxiety, like, I have to have only this many grams or like, oh my God, it's... I'm not supposed to eat until until noon, but it's 1140 and I'm really, really hungry. Am I allowed to break my fasting window? They are so consumed with the fear that sure, they look great on Instagram. Everything looks great. What what is going on in that person's mind and heart behind the scenes? And this is like, frankly, we don't need people to talk anymore about protein, fat, carbs. We are so over that. No, no, it's not like nobody in our community doesn't know that you shouldn't be eating bread and pasta and rice. Like, don't waste my time with that. Now, if you're new to this, you do need that beginner stuff. But most of us are well past that. And what we need now is honesty. And we need to know that if you are still struggling, like, 
we know what to do. Like I said, a keto fest, we all know what to do. Why is it so hard to do it sometimes? Like, and, and we all think I'm the only one. Everyone else has this perfect. No, they don't. So if you are listening to this and you feel like I'm the only one who still binges, I'm the only one who can't figure this out. No, you are not. Welcome to the club. Absolutely. Well said, Amy. Like you say, we cannot fix non-diet problems with macros. That's not going to, that's not going to get it done. So let's talk about uh, food addiction, carb addiction. What are some of your insights and some of the strategies that you recommend to people? So I think obviously keto, you know, Tro, Tro Collegian and, and Eric Westman and a couple of other researchers and doctors actually recently published a paper. It was a case series. It was only three patients, but they documented three patients who basically cured or put into remission binge eating disorder um, via a ketogenic diet. And, you know, everybody's definition of a binge is different, right? Like, what Sean Baker eats for his regular dinner would be a binge for like a lady who's 4'11 and weighs 85 pounds, right? Like three pounds of steak for that person, it's a binge. For Sean, that's just dinner. But so so that's a relative term, but I'm sure like the, the DSM, the psychological manual has a definition for binge eating disorder. But obviously we have so many reports now documented in the scientific literature and just anecdotally from a ton of people that when they go keto the sugar addiction is gone the cravings are gone and that's for sure that happens it doesn't happen for everybody you might still crave you might still want the carbs and like i said if even if it's not the carbs you might still overeat other foods um, this is my problem. In fact, I don't fit like you could come to my apartment. There's no donuts here. There's no cookies here, but there's low carb foods that I, despite being keto and like measurably in ketosis, I don't have the off switch. My off switch, I'll, I'll quote a comedian and I won't say his name cause he's kind of controversial, but he said something like the meal isn't over when I'm full. The meal isn't over until I hate myself. And, you know, I can laugh at that because we can relate to it. But like how how unfortunate that that's my signal to stop eating, that I'm so that I'm physically uncomfortable, that I'm like in pain, you know, and I don't do that. It's very easy for me to stop when I'm with other people, when I'm by myself, forget it, you know, and like eating overeating low carb food is still overeating. Um, and if and. Being out of control is in the eye of the beholder. If you feel out of control, then you're out of control. You know, if you, it depends on how metabolically damaging or whatever term we want to use. Like, like, like Tro, Dr. Collegian has a great phrase that I agree with a hundred percent because, you know, he, if, if people listening know who he is, he's a, an internal medicine physician who himself had morbid obesity, had food addiction. He talks about it very openly and um, he says, binge low carb and live to fight another day. Meaning if you have to binge, if you feel the compulsion to overeat, it is metabolically safer, physiologically safer to do that on low carb foods. Would it be better to not binge at all? Yeah, of course. But if you have to binge, better to binge on the pork rinds and the steak and even the cheese and the broccoli than the donuts and the ice cream and the cookies. Um, and, you know, it's, I think, 
I think some of it is physiological and some of it is, and, and this is so new age nonsensy, but there's a, a lot of truth to it. People are trying to fill other needs in their life and other voids in their life with food. And I know because I do it, you know, um, it's so it's hard. And I'm I'm not even qualified to help people with that. All I can do is point out that I think it's an issue. You know, I can't, um, you know, some some clients come to me and their diet's better than mine. And I'll say this. This is not a diet issue like you need a divorce or you need a babysitter once a month. You need a night out. This is not a diet issue. And people are trying to, like take their diet further and further. So it's, it's a difficult conversation to have because it's, it would be easy if it was just the food that would be easy. Right. Yep. Yep. Yes. And I see this all the time. It's like, we've become a society completely disconnected from ourselves, from nature. And we're just not living authentically who we are with our dreams, our, our goals, our giftings in life. And it's just a complete misalignment. And you're so right that a lot of that is masked through diet. And I just was wondering if you could speak to, uh, what you're observing in people as far as nutrition, once they become aligned with their purpose. I don't, I don't have a lot of very long-term follow-up with people, but certainly we've heard, you know, again, like anecdotal reports, like I was sort of saying earlier, keto, because it corrects so many health problems, whether physical, mental, you know, so many people have, whether it's anxiety, depression, bipolar, even schizophrenia, documented in the medical literature is that ketogenic diets are very effective for this stuff. Or if you have morbid obesity, that is limiting your ability to participate in life. Like if your weight is that big an obstacle that you can't do some of the things you want to do, then these, this way of eating can absolutely change your life. Like I don't mean to totally dismiss the idea that keto can change non-diet aspects of your life. It can. And I do think we see that. I mean, look how many people, you know, Chris is a great example, people that become health coaches basically change careers or maybe take on a second job because of their own transformation. You know, they can't, they're doing so well, they feel so good, they can't not share this with other people. So I think, I think this can help with that. And it really, like I said, changing the way better nutrition changes the brain, like literally physiologically alters the way your brain works and the way your moods are. I think this can absolutely give you the gumption or whatever you want to call it to make other changes, to, to go after that new job. Maybe you're more confident now, whether it's because you lost a hundred pounds or because you just feel better in your own skin, you know, and in your own mind. Now you can get that better job. You can ask that hot girl out or that hot guy out, or you can go do that activity that you've always wanted to try, but you didn't ever think you were good enough for. So I think that that happens a lot. And I think there's no denying that. But I do want to definitely say that magic doesn't happen for everybody. So if you haven't experienced the magic, it's okay. Like you're not doing something wrong. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, it's like you said about finding what works for you 
and finding what works for the context of your life and your situations. Things can change. I know for me, the first 200 pounds or so doing carnivore, I mean, it just literally melted off. I was eating like an all-you-can-eat meat buffet and losing tons of weight. Well, guess what? 200 pounds later, that that didn't happen quite the same. And now doing one meal a day most times, I have to work a lot a lot harder. I have, I've switched some things up. And I think a lot of people find that and they hit the wall. They hit the stall. So let's talk about that, your book. What, what do we do to adapt our approach to get the ultimate success that we're looking for? Yeah, that's, I'm so glad that you said what you said about the context, like, because what worked really great at one time is not what you need at another time when your body, you're literally not the same person you were when you started. And people don't realize whether you're exercising more or your weight and your body fat percentage is very different. Like we, but I, I totally, I get like this too. I get stuck in a rut or stuck very complacent. We become, just by human nature, we're very, very afraid to change what's working or what worked in the past, even when it's not working anymore. And we know it's not, we're so afraid to change because like, but this was working, but is it working now? And if it's not, okay, what do I have to do differently? And this, believe me, I need to take my own advice when I say this right now too. Um, but yeah, so my book is called The Stall Slayer. Hopefully it's going to be out very soon. Uh, so we're recording on March 3rd. I don't know when this will be out, but I hope to have this book out by the end of March. And um, it's just an ebook to start. It's a PDF. We do have plans to make a print-on-demand version and a Kindle version. But of course, if you buy the PDF, you can just print it out. And most people might have Ted Naiman's book, which is like 300-something pages in full color. My book is way easier and way cheaper to print. You can print it at home or send it to Office Max or whatever. But I basically cover the top most common reasons I see for people being stalled in fat loss. And because that's like the number one reason people contact me for help is, you know, why am I not losing weight? And so it's it's what we already said. It's the, the too much fat, like thinking that you have to make things extra, extra fatty in order for them to be, quote unquote, more ketogenic. Um the carb creep for sure. People are just, people think they're on a ketogenic diet and they're actually on kind of a low-ish carb diet. And like we said earlier, low-ish carb works great for some people. But if you are in the subset of people that really need to be very, very strict, you can't, you, you, you don't have that wiggle room. You really need to know how many carbs you're eating. Um, the hypothyroidism is huge. There are medications that make it really difficult to lose weight or make you gain weight. And so, so we call these weight positive medications. And fortunately, going on a low carb or ketogenic diet often helps people get off these medications, but they need to know at first that if they're on these, it's gonna be harder to lose that weight. It's not impossible, but it's gonna be harder. Um, and then, you know, I do talk about intermittent fasting, even, you know, fasting is not required, but if you are someone that's like grazing all day and your body is so sensitive to like any food that your insulin is rising even a little bit, 
you might be better off maybe not grazing all throughout the day. You might be better off limiting your meal times, your meal frequency. Um, basically, it just, I, I want it. I wanted to put all that information in one place so that I don't have to write the same email 87 times. And it's um, hopefully really helpful for people. And, and not just to say, here's what to do, you know, cut the carbs or cut the fat, but why? Why is this a problem? What should I do about it? And then the different context, because, you know, like I... It just, it's just like we said, it's all about the context. Where are you starting from and what is the goal that you're trying to get to? Because maybe you do better with more fat, but maybe, maybe you're one of these people that needs to go lower. And I kind of address all those details because this, this is something I'm sure you see this too. There's such a, an, an unfortunate lack of critical and nuanced thinking these days that you say something and people like, this is what they said and they why but they wildly misinterpret they don't apply it to their own actual circumstances and so i have a lot in the book that explains well if this then that but maybe you're different and people don't want to hear that it would be easier if there were blanket solutions you know like it kills me when people on twitter or something will say hey you know uh, i'm having this problem what should i do and 90 people will jump in with advice without even asking well tell me about your situation like well i'm not losing weight well how much do you weigh maybe maybe you're already at a healthy weight maybe you're underweight and you have body dysmorphia and you shouldn't be trying to lose more weight and meanwhile people are jumping in with advice about how to lose weight or you know maybe you should eat more carbs less carbs you didn't even ask what the person is already currently eating you can't give advice without knowing what someone is actually already doing, right? God, I'm so ranty. This is so. <laughs> no, this. I know I am getting this reputation for being ranty now, but I get it's like oh, you said. I've been no. in this a while, and it never used to be this crazy. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, speaking of crazy, so wanted to ask you about an interesting exchange recently on biohacking. Oh. Now, there are a lot of, as we know, can be useful strategies, and sometimes people find something that really makes a tangible difference in their life. But Amy, are you saying that we don't have to have a juve light in the sh in the cold shower with the hooked up to a brain zapping device? Is that not necessary for optimal health? You absolutely do have to have it and you have to buy it from my affiliate link, buy my patented version of it. And while you're at it, sign up for the monthly subscription plan as well. No, no, totally kidding everyone out there. Please understand that is sarcasm. Um, no, it's exactly like you said, if somebody does something and they feel a noticeable benefit, even if it's placebo, even if it's not actually doing something, but they feel like it's doing something. If they feel like it's doing something, then it is doing something. It's helping them mentally, psychologically, whatever. Um, I'm not opposed to any of that stuff, whether we're talking about an infrared sauna, cold showers, walking barefoot, the blue light blockers, whatever thing. If you like it and you think it's doing something for you, use it. But 
none of it's required. Again, like you were saying, like everybody is always celebrating ancestral health. I'm like, oh, well, our grandmothers didn't eat soybean oil. Well, our grandmothers didn't do any of this other stuff either. And that's not to say that technology doesn't advance, science doesn't advance, and these things can't be helpful, but they're not required. They're not, you know, West, if you guys are familiar with the work of Weston A. Price, how he traveled around in the 1930s to all these, all kind, all different regions of the earth, cold regions, tropical regions, you know, all kinds of different ethnicities and races in different geographical areas that were eating very, very different diets. And none of them did. And now they might've had a more natural circadian rhythm. You could make that argument, but all this other stuff was just not necessary. And they were robust, they were fit, they were healthy, well into old age. And so um, it's just none of this is required. And I I don't even like the phrase, I live the keto lifestyle or the carnivore lifestyle, because to me, it really just is my diet. It's what I eat or, or more specifically what I don't eat. And so I don't have the five finger shoes and I don't, have an infrared sauna and I don't take cold showers and, you know, maybe I should, maybe I'd be shocked at what it would do for me. But, you know, previous times in the past when I've been in my best health and physique, I wasn't using any of that. Now, maybe I would have been in even better health if, you know, that's the argument we could make. Right. But, um, People just should not feel like they're doing anything wrong or they shouldn't be made to feel less than if they're not using this stuff. Because frankly, most of that stuff's really expensive. I can't, who can afford to do half of that stuff? Yeah, yeah. And it can be, you know, like you said, it can be very intimidating. I mean, someone that wants to come along and just lower their carbs a little bit and try to do a little better. And then they see this pedestal of now I have to become this incredible biohacking freak. And, you know, it's like, I, I can't do it. I mean, I've had clients that said, I, I just, I can't do that, you know? And yeah. so I love that what you're doing is making it easy, making it approachable, meeting people where they're at and helping them to find what works for them. And that really is the key. I had to thank you. I had a a, f- a friend who was actually a coworker a few years ago when I was working for the government doing something else. And she, I mean, I was doing nutrition on the side even back then. And she said something about, you know, I, I, I want to start keto, but it's so expensive. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And she said, well, my friend is doing it. She's like, she's like spent $500. She hasn't even bought any food yet. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And it's because she was buying like all these gadgets and gizmos and stuff. And like, collagen powder and blah de blah like like keto you know mct oil powder i'm like oh my god like <laughs> you could you you could actually just go to walmart and buy beef and celery and you know if you want to eat vegetables buy celery like <laughs> so oh my goodness yes i love all of that and the you know lifestyle uh, as far as keto, low carb, it doesn't have to be expensive. There's, you know, so many options for people. I think one of the pitfalls is you see all of the elaborate keto recipes and you think you have to spend hours in the kitchen. And this lifestyle has afforded me to get rid of the container system I had. I, I felt like I had to be, you know, prepping 
every Sunday and working out for two hours a day at the gym and still struggling to get a result and then going into my doctor's office every year for my physical and having the label of obesity in my chart. And here I am, you know, struggling. So I really love the fact that you've validated people here on this podcast to just keep it simple. It doesn't have to be this whole complex, um, you know, food prep and, you know, micro tracking, you know, get out and enjoy your life. Um, get out and pursue your purpose. That's, that's what life is about. It's, it's not about living on social media, worrying about and looking for validation, uh, whether you ate an extra steak today or, Mm -hmm. you know, or you, you binged, you know, every moment's a chance to choose different, just choose different, you know, in the next moment, uh, don't beat yourself up. Uh, so I, that's one of the things I love about you is you're just so raw and real, Amy. I respect that so much. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. I was born and raised in New York and that's probably why I'm so ranty. Like I don't live there anymore, but I think it's just in my, in my blood. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Brooklyn boy here. Oh yeah. Staten Island. There you go. Boston. 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 (laughs) Well, Amy, so thank you so much. This was uh, just an amazing discussion. Tell us what's what's coming up for you. What do you have on the horizon? You got the book. What else are, uh, you know, where are you going from here? Yeah, so I do have my book, The Stall Slayer. Um, let's see, what else? I Coming up, I'm speaking, I'll be speaking at Keto Salt Lake. That's in April. I don't remember the dates off. April 26th, this may be somewhere around there. Um, no, it's earlier, I think whenever keto salt lake um also speaking for the first time at a low carb usa event that's in august i think in um san diego i'll be at that one that's i think the only speaking i have coming up but people can find me at two at nutrition.com and that's my handle on twitter is also two at nutrition um my youtube channel name is two at nutrition as well and um my book I, I bought the domain stallslayer.com and the stallslayer.com, but there's nothing there yet. Like I said, I don't know when this podcast will be out, but uh, it'll, it'll, you'll be able to, if you follow me on social media anywhere, you'll, you'll know where to go when it's ready. Yes. And I can attest Amy's Twitter account is one of my top five that I love to follow. Oh, thank you. Full of <laughs> honest information, resources. I just love it. So follow this girl on Twitter, guys. Absolutely. Well, Amy, thank you so much, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Proud affiliate of Redmond Real Salt, the best-tasting and most mineral-rich salt on the market without the microplastics and other issues of conventional salts. See the show notes for 15% off your order. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today, Mind Body Breakthrough. Chris and I truly appreciate each and every one of you. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend and to join us in our free Mind Body Breakthrough Facebook community where you can start peeling away the layers of everything that's not you so you can be you.